Welcome to another episode of the Launch Podcast. This is Kayla Hogreep, Academic Advisor, UConn School of Business, Hartford Campus. And I'm Emma Buengard-Bissain, Academic Advisor in the School of Business at the Stanford Campus. On this episode, Emma is interviewing Kelly Kennedy, who is the Associate Director of Student Development and Outreach in our office, the Office of Undergraduate Advising with the School of Business. Kelly is a career development instructor and coach, in addition to the many other hats that she wears. And she's a really great person to listen to for tips on email management, effective communication, and having a professional social media presence. And so Emma and I thought this would be really important to bring to first-year students as they start learning how to manage and communicate over email and also how to start having a really professional social media presence, you know, when you're starting to brand yourself as a first-year business student. Exactly. And just knowing how to send a professional email to a professor or a future employer when you're looking for that first job or an internship, those are all good things to be able to do. And I think sometimes people kind of overlook those Mm -hmm. simple, simple ways to present yourself as more professional um, and ultimately get where you want to go, whether that's with a class or with a job or internship. So please enjoy. We hope you learn a lot from this episode. What is your name and your position at UConn? Hi, Emma. I'm Kelly Kennedy. I'm the Associate Director of Student Development, and I handle all the career education for all four campuses. So you help students develop as professionals in our office, and as we all know, they are receiving a lot of emails. So what are some ways that they can manage the amount of emails that they're receiving? Sure. I think emails can seem overwhelming. I certainly receive many hundreds a day. I think the biggest thing about emails is the timing of them and the responsiveness. So for example, if you're receiving an email that needs a response immediately within Mm -hmm. the first 48 hours, or it's something you can put off. So I think there's a couple of tips that I would tell students. One is establish a block of time during the day that you will say I will read and respond to emails. So um, an opportunity may arise and it may need an immediate response right then and there and that would be the time you would do so. The second thing I would do is when you are reading them, you're going to do a quick read of them and using the archive function, you might prioritize them. So perhaps you have three files that say immediate need to do this within 48 hours because of the deadlines and the invitations that are people are asking me about or can wait till next week or can wait till two weeks. Mm. So I think when you reapproach them again, you will see which ones need your immediate attention and you can adjust accordingly. So for example, if someone was to send an invitation to something on campus, like a panel discussion, and they need you to respond, if you're Mm -hmm. gonna attend within 48 hours, you will know to immediately respond and then also put it on your calendar. So you're doing both functions during the email process so that you're not just reading it and forgetting about it and then perhaps a week later realized you either missed the event or you forgot to put it on your calendar and that happens a lot with students applying for jobs because Mm -hmm. internships and jobs have tremendous deadlines Mm -hmm. associated with them so you know it's only practice that you can get that email rolling 
That's awesome. I feel like I need to start having different folders <laughs> and time my emails better. It's the only way to live. Yeah. <laughs> so what would you say are some strategies for being professional about your email communication, like maybe how you write your email? So with email, just like anything else, uh, I think it has a formality to it just by the shape of it and the way you're typing. I mean, if we were to go back in time, it's about a typewriter. So I think you would want to do a couple of different things. Um, the first is salutations. Salutations, um, if not familiar with them, those begin with the dear, Ms., Ms., Mr., um, and then end with mm-hmm. best, sincerely, comma, that type of thing. So it's an entry and an exit. And they were originally sort of created in the business environment to... Um, produce civility, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. They were to sort of give respect to the other person to indicate that you're listening to them. They definitely still re- represent that. So yeah. salutations, although perhaps in today's world don't feel as common or comfortable, if you would. Mm-hmm. Um, students often say, why do I need to use the word dear? Yeah. Uh, and I think that you don't necessarily need to use the word dear per se, but addressing someone by their first name or or it could be a little informal, Mm -hmm. um, perhaps even if you don't know this person. So I think um, salutations tell the reader, if you would, when you're sending an email or a letter for that matter, Mm -hmm. um, that you're prepared, that you're professional, that you're respectful, um, and most importantly, that you're ready to work. When you're ready to work, that makes you hireable. Mm -hmm. So when you might say, let's just say, for example, you use slang and you might say the words, hey, Emma, Mm -hmm. that's a little bit of a different tone than you're going to provide with, you know, dear Ms. or um, sincerely yours, that type of thing. So um, I think you want to think of this response anytime you're responding to anything as Mm -hmm. a way to showcase your and communicate your personal brand. Mm -hmm. So if your personal brand begins with, hey, Emma, that's not going to be a hireable moment. Mm -hmm. Um, That that person on the other end, perhaps a recruiter or anybody else is going to think to themselves, wow, I need to teach this person some new skills. Whereas if you're going to respond to the person and say, um, you know, dear Mrs. Kennedy, then we're going to see that you're ready to be in the workplace. Um, so you want to, as I said, watch the slang. You want to make sure that you're you're sort of responding to what the person is asking for um, in terms of, you know, clearly reading the email and answering all the questions they've asked because they can be detailed. You want to stay away from anything that's emotion okay. based. So love, warm regards, take care. Those things are very much so for someone you know personally, perhaps mom, dad, or sister. Okay. Um, but in the business environment, you stay th- with things like best, comma, sincerely, best regards. So anything that's positive yet doesn't contain an emotion would be really um, appropriate. Um, and again, the, the final process of that would be the signature. Mm-hmm. So you might say, uh, you know, I might write uh, best regards, comma, Mrs. Kennedy or Kelly Kennedy. And um, the signature underneath my name should be really detailed. Um, I find that students don't take advantage of this for their mm-hmm. personal brand. It should say their full name, the University of Connecticut School of Business, which is a brand in itself, mm-hmm. um, the year they're going to graduate, their major. And then I always have them put a hyperlink to their LinkedIn. And that sort of closes the letter, Mm -hmm. if you would, in quotation marks, the Mm -hmm. letter, by saying, this is a personal note, and I'm very informal, but I'm writing it in a formal way to respect you. 
And it's almost giving an invitation to learn more about me by clicking on the link. Absolutely. That's so interesting. So, you know, um, connecting in connection to the personal branding point that you made. So students use social media, Facebook, Instagram, Mm. Snapchat. What would be some ways to use your social media accounts in a strategic way that's professional? And what are some things to not do? Right. That's sort of a a whole can of worms there. Um, I think there's a couple of things I would say about sort of cleaning up your social media, which I think students have done quite well. Maybe Mm -hmm. five to ten years ago, they might have been in a really uh, sort of tough situation with having a lot of external things like photographs on Instagram and things like that that weren't necessarily necessarily appropriate for the workplace. But I think that you first can look at it like I'm going to clean up my social media. One of the things I recommend in class is that students almost create additional social media that may just have first and uh, first name and last initial um, that if found would be on the professional sense. So let me give you an example. For my uh, Twitter account, mm-hmm. I pretty much funnel it for a conversation around careers, recruiting, jobs. So anything I do on t- Twitter is going to reflect that. I don't, you know, sort of swing in any other direction personally so that I stay with my brand, that my Twitter account which is an MBA job coach, Mm -hmm. is very focused on that topic. So if students do that, they can also sort of funnel all of their information for that. So that would be for Facebook, Instagram, any of the ones you mentioned. Um, The second thing is utilizing LinkedIn and Twitter to gain knowledge. I think students forget that LinkedIn is there and they think of it like Facebook just sitting there when they need to use it. But there's so many things on it, LinkedIn in particular, that you don't have to buy the extra service to get to, Mm -hmm. and that would be industry knowledge, job trends, any kind of learning for your major. There are groups in LinkedIn. Um, Twitter in particular has been used by companies. I would say about 60% of companies right now are actually tweeting out some of their internships, leadership programs that are on their website and nowhere else. Mm -hmm. So when you are interested in a company, we refer to them as target companies. When you are interested in them, you might wanna follow them on LinkedIn and Twitter. They definitely will be noticing that you follow them. Mm -hmm. So if you say, I really like this company, you're almost proving to them that that's true. Um, Now, with regards to the building a personal brand, I I think there's the online approach and the offline approach because a brand obviously is you, Mm -hmm. but you are the product and you want to have that sort of resonate. You don't want it to be all over the place. Um, So the first step for maybe our first semester students is going to be identifying that brand because what is that brand yeah you know if I said to you Emma what's your brand right you have to be able to identify for me workplace skills professional goals um, professional values mm-hmm. um, that may or may not match with a future company okay, okay. so for example if you are um, interested in you know coca-cola or what they represent um, you want to be able to speak to the fact that your values match their values okay. um, maybe some students are interested in environmental type companies, some sustainability programming. So if that's true, where does that show up on your LinkedIn or your Facebook or your Instagram? You don't want to say something that you're saying externally and not off and then offline or online not sort of representing that as well. So you want to be clear. 
Um, I think engaging in campus activities that are going to match this identification that you've done. I mean, certainly you can take some personality tests, some workplace tests. The major experience on the website, um, on UConn's website, has mm-hmm. some free testing that you can do to see your value system. Um, mm-hmm. The Kearsey exam is really great, um, free to take to see your EQ. All of these things are great to kind of identify that paragraph that we say, you know, tell me about yourself, right? Yeah. Everybody hates that. They always say, what, what am I going to write about that, right? So if you if you kind of go and gather information from testing, from engaging on campus activities, and then you walk away from those activities and reflect. Okay. If you don't take the time to reflect, as you know, you're mm-hmm. not going to be able to write an introduction that's th- thoughtful and highlights skills. Um, I think that you can then take those that information and take it to LinkedIn and your resume. And I think the whole thing can be cohesive. And that really in itself um, is a brand. So would you say just an extra question here yes if um you know i'm applying for a job in say like the finance industry but also a part of my brand is that i'm like outdoor person and i go hiking and things like that and i care about the environment and i'm involved in that way on campus too should i make sure that like my pictures on instagram is kind of showing that part of myself too if i'm putting that as like interests on my resume definitely so i think that there have been sort of some mixed messages about how we bring ourselves to work Mm -hmm. right but i think in the last two to three years you will see if you're watching job trends that companies want your whole self Mm -hmm. to work yeah your whole self so what that means is is that students should feel free about being who they are um, in their personalities, in their interests, in their hobbies, as mm-hmm. well as the workplace. Because we do spend, as we know, spend 40 to 60 hours a week at work. So mm-hmm. they want to be thinking, am I hiring this person to do the job? Yes, but am I also hiring this person to join my company? Mm-hmm. That's a bigger picture thing. And I knowing as a job coach, likability wins every time. So when they know you and want to know more about you, they have more apt to like you. Mm -hmm. And then that likability will show up in, in that interview and then in that job offer. Yeah. Well, this was so inspiring. Thank you so much for talking to us. Thank you. Thank you so much, Emma. So we just heard Emma talking to Kelly Kennedy about managing email, having a formal communication over email, and also building and uh, maintaining your social media presence. And I feel inspired. Maybe I'll fire up the old Twitter and (laughs) work on my personal brand. (laughs) Yeah. And like, as you might have guessed, you know, this is this is part of branding yourself. Right. right. And I mean, there are little things that you can do already. Like, for example, something that I did um, with my Facebook account was just to make certain albums, you know, private, like from college or just with friends, you know, things that I felt was more between like me and my friends or family and I didn't necessarily need to have it public for everyone. Yeah. So cleaning it up a mm-hmm. little bit. And then there's also the ways to be proactive. Like if you want to be more involved in your field, there's posts that you can mm-hmm. make and people you can retweet to, you know, show that those are your interests. Like you talked yeah. to Kelly a little bit about how you're interested in hiking or, and like, is that a good thing to post? Yeah. And so it's not only, you know, being responsible and maybe 
putting things behind the curtain that the public really shouldn't see, but it's also being proactive mm-hmm. and showing people and employers a side of yourself that you do want them to see. Exactly. Like that, I feel like, you know, describes me and for them to keep in mind when they maybe hire me um, onto their team, you know, as a good fit. Like there are many aspects that go into that. Yeah. yeah. And then when she was talking about email, mm-hmm. um, I, I can't emphasize to first year students enough how important it is to write a good email um, to faculty, to staff, to people that they might have as professional connections. I talk about it in my unit class and in yeah. my first year advising workshops because it can really make the difference in how somebody perceives you and what you're trying to say. Mm-hmm. And um, for example, if I have a student that doesn't put a subject line and doesn't use real words, like they use LOLs yeah. and like shortened abbreviations, and it's not super professional, I don't know that I'm inclined to really go out of my way for that person if they can't go out of Mm -hmm. their way to write a professional email. Exactly. And then the flip side of that is if somebody puts forth a really professional email, they've told me what they've done to try to resolve an issue that they're having, and maybe bonus points if they have a good email signature, it shows that they're professional, they're on top of things, you know. Yeah. And even like something that I know we've talked about as a team too, about having students write, you know, in this subject line, like something a little bit more detailed so you can get a sense of like what this email is about. You know, if Mm -hmm. it's something that's really urgent or something that you can get to, you know, in a couple of hours, like those, those things are good to know, you know, when you communicate. So it seems like such simple concepts, but it's really often what makes or breaks yes. your communication, you know, writing a good email, being responsible and proactive with your social media. So thanks, Emma. Thanks Thank for you. a great interview and take care. <laughs> <laughs>